Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. This is the Off the Bench podcast. Today, I'm coming to you from Utah, where we are hosting our women's retreat called Renew. We actually have a live studio audience today. So you guys, we... (laughs) This is awesome. We're going to have a great show. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. And well, welcome to the show, you guys. I'm so glad that you've joined me. We've got kind of a different thing going on because I'm not in my studio today. I'm in the living room of a lovely home that we have rented for my women's retreat, Renew. And Melissa is here with me all the way from Oklahoma. So I'm in Utah. Yes. You're in Oklahoma. Orem, Utah. Beautiful. Oh my goodness. I'm not in Oklahoma. I'm in Orem, Utah. Yeah. You're from Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. Did I say in? Yeah. For goodness sake. And really at the foot of the mountains, it's beautiful. It snowed. What in the world? Yes. Yeah. Well, it is November. It is November. (laughs) I see what you (laughs) just said. But I did hear that it was the earliest snow they've had here in quite a while. Yeah. And it's beautiful. So to see the snow falling and the leaves on the trees, it's just absolutely uh, beautiful. So thank you for all your work in this. Are we going to maybe do it again? Maybe. Should we do it again? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that is kind of in in the affirmative. I'm kind of a mountain girl. I don't know. We've had some requests for the ocean. So we'll see. We may, you know, we'll maybe ask you guys as this goes along where we're going to go next, but this has just been an awesome time of just spending time uh, in the word and kind of getting to getting back to basics. It has, I think after, you know, for so long people have, I mean, we're far from being stuck at home. I realize it's been a while, but I don't think that the retreats, you know, kind of women's retreats, I think in women's events were kind of a dime a dozen. And then we hit COVID, you know, for two years, nobody did anything. And um, then I think we also have had such a change in uh, the teaching culture has changed. Female teachers have changed. Uh, a lot of our favorite teachers are really not solid teachers anymore. So I think there's such a hunger for the word and fellowship and meeting new women. We had such a remarkable response. And, I mean, our tickets sold out very quickly. Our waiting list was long. This has been so great. And it's, I sat down, of course, I did the planning of the retreat, which I love, but I was sitting there eating my dinner and I looked around and I saw uh, there's a round table where lots of the women were eating and then another table. And I know where these people are from and I know who came together and who didn't come together and just watching them all interact. That's the fellowship that the Lord wants. And for me, I said to Aaron, one of the gals who works with us, you know, I was like, it all comes together and it's a gift to get to watch. That was one of our goals was to, you know, watch the, our live studio audience, get to know each other, enjoy each other, encourage each other. Three of our girls met at the one of our other retreats and they all came together, even though they all live in different places. So it really is. Um, it's just the fruit of some hard work. And uh, it's really. Yeah, it really is precious. And just hearing where everyone's coming from and, rec- you know, remembering that God's word is alive and it's active and it's applicable to our lives right now. We spent quite a bit of time this weekend in Psalm 119, and I'll be teaching on that in the months to come here at the show but just the recognition that we've got to get back to the truth of God's word that never changes. Right. So the the ground is shifting under our feet. The culture is changing. The church is changing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly the progressive church, the emergent church, the woke church uh, making a huge impact in the culture right now and not for the good. Yeah. Uh, Really uh, we're, we're going backwards. So we spent quite a bit of time just walking through scripture and seeing how, how Jesus 
handled the pressure in his life. He went back to the father and he uh, he got away and he recalibrated. Right. Lord, teach me what is what is it that you want me to do? And that was a large part of the reason why we came together this weekend. And I think it's been fruitful. Also, I made some sourdough bread. Don't know if yes. you heard that. Yeah. Fruitful and breadful. <laughs> Did you guys like the sourdough? Were you, were you enjoying that? So we're, we're probably going to do that again. That was fun. I traveled with Amelia, my sourdough starter. Oh, very nice. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm sending home some Amelia's uh, grandbaby. So we'll have why, like... Why didn't you name your starter something that starts with an S? Because, I, because my kids like are starter. precious to me. More precious than my <laughs> starter. <laughs> but, you know, I'll have to think about that, you know. Samelia. Samelia. Yeah, that... Samelia that, starter. That sounds like salmonella. I don't know if I could do it. It might, it might mess me up. All right, we've got some questions from listeners. This is Mailbox Monday, as you know. And we've got a lot of questions coming in from all over the country before. Um, I have a parenting question. I really, Melissa, want to kind of throw your direction. But before we do that, Mindy in Kentucky. So elections are tomorrow. Across the country, elections are tomorrow, and we're hoping for a, a sea change, really. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, I mean, you guys aren't in nearly as bad a shape in Oklahoma as we are in Washington No, but there's State. a lot of dark money being spent because they recognize that um, Oklahoma is solid red, yeah. and they have spent so much money really yeah. targeting um, targeting us in Oklahoma. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's, mm-hmm. It really is. So for those of you who are listening and you haven't voted yet... Uh, I want to just encourage you. Mindy in Kentucky wrote in and said, Heidi, here's some helpful information that I found. Go to ballot ready. Ballot ready dot org. I haven't heard about this. And you can type in your address. It'll show you what your ballot looks like. I was able to research all the people before casting my vote. You can even save your choices to print it out and bring it with you when you vote. Unless you're in Washington, you vote from home is super boring. Uh, I pray that this helps others be prepared and prayerful over who they're voting for. One thing I, I wanted to say, and I should have said this last week, if you're not informed, please do America a favor and don't vote. If you, if you don't know who you're voting for or what they stand for or what the ballot measures are, I had a really interesting conversation with a voter just last week. And she said she'd voted. She goes, she, she was telling me how she'd voted on some uh, initiatives that are happening here in Washington state. And it was just wonky how she voted. And I said, where did you get your information. Like, how did you come up with this with the vote? And she said, oh, I don't know. This one just looked like a good idea. And she voted actually contrary to what was good for the state and even mm. what she thought would be good because mm. she didn't understand the issues. And so I'm always telling people. That like, happens a lot on propositions. Yes. They, if you don't understand, yeah. people word them mm-hmm. on purpose to be sort of uh, tricky and deceitful. This absolutely mm-hmm. happened in Washington state a couple of years ago when comprehensive sex education was on the ballot. So we worked really hard, as you know, to get that referendum on the ballot. And it was confusing because we worked to get 236,000 signatures to get this referendum on the ballot so that it could be voted down. Right. So that's confusing because people thought, oh, we worked really hard to get it on the ballot. So we should vote for it, which was confusing. And then the people who uh, who won a conference of sex education worded it in such a way that you felt like you needed uh, if you were in, in opposition to it, if you didn't like them, you felt like you needed to vote for it. It was very confusing. It, and that passed. Yeah. And it, the same thing happened in, I'm fairly certain it was Kansas, either Kansas or Nebraska uh, with the, with abortion after. So that just happened. It was worded and confused people. And then people were like, wait, that's not what I meant, but it passed. And then, so it made abortion legal. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So people need to do their homework. And, uh, you know, someone said to me the other day, why are you going to tell people not to vote? Uh, yeah. If you don't know what you're doing, please do us all a favor, you know, and don't vote. 
because especially on the initiatives, I mean, you can go down, down ballot. Like if you're, you know, pretty mm-hmm. much guess the conservative, although not so much anymore, which is a conversation for another well, day, in a general, though. but down ballot, you can pretty much go, Hey, yep. I'm going to vote, you know, for the conservative all the way down the ballot. But if you don't understand the initiative, leave it blank. Cause you, sometimes you can do more harm, mm-hmm. uh, more harm than good. So, uh, thanks Mindy for sending that in Sarah in Washington has a question on parenting. And I, uh, I thought you would be great at helping me answer this one. She said, hi, Heidi, I have that kid. Like she put it in parentheses. So we all know we've all, we all have that kid or we've had one at least. She said the preschool that is going to be amazing as an adult, but pushes every boundary and challenges every rule. We found out last year that he had trauma to his brain from a birth injury that causes ADHD behavior and sensory processing issues. We basically know now that his brain is firing differently and it's like he has a motor running at all times. We've been told to lower our expectations for his behavior and that while he's very smart, he's emotionally about three years behind his peers. Have you parented a child that is wired differently? And do you have any tips? I feel like we are being judged constantly on his behavior, even though we're doing so much to be consistent and disciplined, preparing him for situations ahead of time and giving him firm boundaries. Thanks so much for helping us younger moms shepherd our child's hearts. Well, you've got a little bit of background uh, with this kind of thing, right? I do. I taught special ed for four years. And I also have one of those kiddos who is run by a motor and um, not neurotypical is what they would say. And I think what I would say, I have several and I've wrote some notes, but um, is I wouldn't lower your expectations. I would change your expectations, which we all have to do regularly with our kids. Um, God created this, this kiddo. He knows him intimately. He knew this was going to happen and he chose, you know, this. You to be his parents. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So be confident in that. And he didn't make a mistake. And the Lord knows the answers for this kiddo. So you're, you know, through raising him, his parents are going to have questions all the way through. And it's, we want to go to books. We want to go to the internet. We want to go to friends. Don't forget the Lord can answer those questions. He can lead us through the internet, but the Lord, he knows him. He knows every cell in his body and he can give Mama, an answer who can hear the Holy Spirit. So don't hesitate to ask the Lord questions like, what time am I supposed to be putting this kid to bed? And then trust the Holy Spirit to talk to you about those things. So that's one thing um, that I think we forget to do. We look for advice all sorts of other places and God can give practical advice in all sorts of ways. We just have to learn to listen for his voice. Uh, Also, I would say kids are meant to be lively. The American school system has, has made us think that kids are supposed to all sit still well at four and a half. And if they don't sit still well, there must be something wrong and they need medication. That's not God. God didn't design the American school system and then say kids are supposed to fit in that box. So it's really important that we realize that that God created kids to be. I mean, if you think about Adam and Eve's kids were running around, they were chasing wild well, They had a little and, trouble know, with Cain and Abel. They did I'm with just rocks saying. Later, but they're, they're, they were throwing <laughs> okay, rocks. Okay. So, you know, God designed these kids. So we don't need to, we need to change the expectation that this four-year-old, five-year-old doesn't, he doesn't need to be expected to go sit still in a preschool program. And I feel like America, especially, you know, if you go to Europe, they've got forest school. They are much better at letting their kids really be active children, which is what this kiddo needs all day long. Uh, I would also remind this mama and daddy that Einstein actually his brain didn't fit in a box very well. And there's, it's those kiddos who are wired differently. They're the ones who don't fit in a box. Their bedroom's a disaster. Their inventor table is a disaster. The art table is a disaster. And they're doing all sorts and of things. And boom, you got things. a Tesla. 
Yes. It's so yeah. true. Yeah. So my kiddo who doesn't think in that box, it's all those same things, the life. And she even says, if my room is clean, I cannot think, mom. Like, okay. Okay. So I am changing my expectations. If it helps her to sleep better when her room is a disaster, then I've got to choose to let that go. Right. And you don't have to sleep in there. Right. So rejoice. Right. 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 And we have doors right. that are solid shut. So we don't have to see through them. You don't have to look at the mess. Right. Excellent. Right. Yes. I would say set this kiddo up for success. If you know that a situation is going to be very difficult, if you know that the shopping mall with Christmas carols and extra music and peppermint candy and everywhere you go is not going to be successful, skip that outing. It doesn't matter if it's a preschool field trip or if all your cousins are going or the Sunday school class is going. If you know that it's a potential failure for this kiddo, you, you can skip it. And so I would say across the board, it doesn't mean that we don't want to ever challenge kids with special needs because they do need to learn those things and he will, but it's okay to do, you know, skip, maybe it's a really hard family outing or vacation is going to look really different for you. You know, some kids like this are not going to handle Disney. So go to a lake and play in a canoe and swim on the side of the ocean. Better than Disney anyway. Yes, for sure. So pick, pick differently what is going to be successful for your family to build those memories. Um, And like I said, challenges are not bad, but limit them, set them up for success in all the ways that you can. And then I would make sure you're considering nutritional adjustments, um, healthy, you know, lots of good vitamins feed the brain with healthy fats, good quality fish oils. I would say essential oils can really help retrain the brain in a lot of those ways. Uh, It can help calm the overstimulation that's happening with sensory processing issues. Um, I would absolutely limit sugar, food colors. Uh, make sure, you know, change that environment so he's sleeping as well as he possibly can. You know, those are ways that we can set his brain up for success. Um, and it may seem like his brain is broken, but God, we're all broken. And God will use his gifts and talents, and he has them. God will use them and create his road, and it's just going to look different. Um, but I'm eager to see how it goes because, like I said, he's, you know, the Einstein brain is that brain that does not fit in a box. We just have to learn to recognize it and appreciate it. And well, see and God, it must thought, God must have thought Sarah to be a pretty special mom yeah. to entrust her with such a special gift. And I think that freedom to just say, hey, let's look at this from a different perspective and put a positive spin on it, which is what you just did rather than a negative spin. Yeah. Uh, so important. Oh, and the last thing that I would say is um, for Sarah and for Sarah's husband is be confident in your decisions for your child. Don't change your decisions because your friend thinks you should do something differently. I mean, if you're asking for advice, that's different. But if your friend is shaming you for your kiddo acting out, that's not your kiddo's fault. So don't take it out on him. And, um, you know, trust your gut, trust the Holy Spirit in you. It's, it's good. It's good counsel. And I think it's encouraging just to know, Hey, you can do this. Mm -hmm. You can do this. And and God didn't pick the wrong mom. He picked the right mom. It's that's awesome advice. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
All right. So I want to say thanks to everybody who's watching this, uh, has been watching on YouTube. I don't think we're filming today because uh, we're here in Utah. So you guys are going to get to see pictures of the retreat at Utah or the the retreat that we're having here in Utah instead of a video of the show today. But we got some encouragement from Dana in Colorado that uh, the staff put in here for me to read. And she said, I just have a comment to make. I'm so grateful for your podcast. I've been encouraged and inspired by your words as a homeschooling mom of three. Your encouragement has been so uplifting. May God bless you to continue to do his good work. And I think Melissa's stuff like what you were just that, that encouragement that moms need to hear the moms in the trenches, the everyday moms and the everyday moments who are just like, man, world's on fire. Right. And we've been saying for a long time, the, the world might be in crisis, but God's people don't need to be. And there's a way for us to walk through this uh, and come out on the other side with victory. Holly in Illinois wants me to share my sourdough recipe. So there you go. Holly, I don't have it yet, but I will. And I'll, I'll get it up. <laughs> Holly is not the only one asking. Holly's not the only one. Actually, I, I'm pretty close. I've been like, I'm messing around with it. And I brought a bunch of different, like I try, I used the uh, retreat women as my sourdough guinea pigs this weekend <laughs> and it worked out pretty good. And so uh, I'm going to post probably two separate recipes and hopefully we'll do that uh, this weekend. We'll announce it when we do probably on my Facebook page or whatever. Okay. She wants to know what grinder I use for the grain. So we'll, we'll uh, link back to that also in the show notes and she loves the podcast. So thanks Holly for sending that to me. We really appreciate it. Also the sage traveler on YouTube wants to know why in the world she has to worry about her children's innocence being stolen at the local library. I think there are a lot of parents who are frustrated with where the library is at right now. I know I am. Uh, And I loved who was on the show talking to me. It was your friend. Yeah. Emily. Emily, yeah. on the show for you, all you Oklahomans. We're kind of going to bat with our local library Again? and our city manager who's hiring our uh, library director. I'm telling you, it's never, it's never going to, it's never going to end, you know, and I think it's, it's reason enough for us to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. That's why I've been saying for, you know, years and years and years here at the show, socialists don't sleep. They're not, they're not getting tired. They're not going, you know, okay, those, those parents, I guess, are, we should probably stop. No, they're ramping up. They're getting ready for their next attack. We got to be vigilant and stay on the battlefield. And part of that is understanding the word of God and our role in the world as believers. It's part of the reason why we're so passionate about MomStrong International, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, we have a brand new study. Yes. Coming out. Yes. We're super excited. This one's called The Peaceful Fruit of Righteousness, Parenting Principles for Every Season of Parenting. And uh, I was actually really blessed as I was writing this. You know, you know. I always tell people I've got seven kids and for some reason God chose to give a woman who can't keep houseplants alive, seven children. Mm-hmm. And he thought I could keep them alive so far. Uh, we're doing okay. But the the principles that are in God's word apply to mothers and fathers as well as to children. And we can't pass on what we don't possess. So this is the time to jump into the November study at MomStrong International and uh, be in the word. And people can teach these in their uh, women's groups, right? Yeah, they can. And this study this month is actually unique. You know, it's called MomStrong International. But most of uh, almost every single month is equipping women, not only moms. And this one is particularly a parenting study, which but uh, it's actually unique in that uh, we haven't done another one like that in the past. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about we've gotten a lot of requests saying, hey, can we just can we talk about parenting? So I'm doing that, but I'm going to do it from the angle of, hey, you know, we can't give our kids what we don't have. So Mm -hmm. we can't teach them obedience if we're not willing to obey God ourselves. And if we're not willing to do the hard work of disciplining our children, which it really isn't fun. I don't think it's fun for the parent. It's not fun for the child. The Bible says no discipline is fun at the time, but painful. But 
it, the the result, if we can stay in there with our kids, is what the Bible calls the peaceful fruit of righteousness in Hebrews chapter 11. So that's what we're after. And that's the study at MomStrong International. I want to uh, encourage you guys to go check that out. It's a great study for November. One last question. This is a tough one uh, from Sherry in Illinois. She says, Dear Heidi, my adult son came out as gay about seven years ago. It took a while to get over this, but after seeing how happy he is with his partner, I no longer believe his happiness could be a sin. Mm. He has recently gotten engaged to his partner and I couldn't be more happy for him. I'm getting backlash, however, from other family members and it is dividing the family. Some members are saying if I support my son, then I'm supporting sin. Even members saying if it was my child, I would not even attend the wedding. It breaks my heart to see such a divide during a happy moment. Any words of wisdom would be appreciated. Well, Sherry, you're not you're, you're probably not going to appreciate what I have to say. A couple things that come to mind immediately. First of all, uh, I just wanted to let you know you're not alone in this. There are a lot of Christian families right now that are walking this road. But the fact that your son has come out as gay and now has decided to uh, live live this way and to engage in marriage. And when someone tells you that it that uh, it is sin, it is. This is what the Bible says. Yeah. So when you say that you just don't understand how his happiness could be a sin, happiness is not the measure that God uses for whether or not we're walking inside of his well, There are his a lot will. of spouses who are quite happily cheaping, cheating on their spouse. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, or stealing or, you know. And happy in it. Yes. Right. Not bothered yeah, by it. cannot be a measure of it must not be simple. No. And, and it reminds me, you know, years ago, um, I played a clip at a women's retreat that I was uh, teaching and ended up playing this clip. I've actually played it all over the country. It's an interview. Wow. You've seen it with Rob yeah. Bell and Oprah Winfrey. And years ago, Rob, who used to be a pastor mm -hmm. in the Baptist church, a youth pastor, really influential, had a pretty powerful voice, uh, really great communicator, wrote a book called The Zim Zum of Love, in which he makes the case for Christians embracing gay marriage, which, by the way, God says is sin. And so don't, you know, don't shoot the messenger. If you're upset that um, I'm not going to embrace homosexuality, it's because God doesn't embrace it. So Romans chapter one and chapter two, very clear on God's opinion about this, which, by the way, doesn't elevate uh, homosexuality above any other sin. We're not saying it's it's worse or better than any other sin, but the Bible still says that it's sin. And in uh, in Rob Bell's defense of gay marriage, he actually, when Oprah's like, when is the church going to get it? So so Rob Bell is making this case to Oprah Winfrey about, uh, he says that the oldest ache, do you remember this, Melissa? Mm -hmm. He says the oldest ache in the bones of humanity is loneliness. And immediately I was like, ding, 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 ding. No, the oldest ache in the bones of humanity is sin. It's separation from God. That's the oldest ache in the bones of humanity. Loneliness is a byproduct of being separated from God. And your son's happiness or unhappiness is irrelevant in the grand scheme of things, just like loneliness is irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. Loneliness is not the issue. Happiness is not the issue. And he says, loneliness is the, is the oldest ache in the bones of humanity that God doesn't want us to be lonely. And I'm like, what Bible are you reading? I don't read that anywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. And Oprah says, when is the church going to get this? Just leans in. She's like a, she's like a spider, you know, just weaving, weaving yeah. a web and all of these pastors, just like little flies you know, right into the, right into the web. Right. You just watch him. I'm watching, I'm watching Rob Bell fly around like a ding dong fly right into her little web. And you can almost see the smile on her face when he says, you know, the church is so close. We're so close. And then he said, and I quote, when the church stops quoting letters from 2000 years ago as its best defense, 
that's when we'll, we will have arrived. And I could almost feel my heart break inside my chest when I heard him say those words, because those letters written 2000 years ago are our only defense. They are our defense. Yeah. And so we're going to quote them uh, until the Lord takes us home, Lord willing. And uh, Sherry, you need to understand that when when you are uh, entering into this with your son, when you're saying that you're happy for him, that you can't wait to go to your to his wedding. To me, it is akin to to, to someone saying, uh, hey, Heidi, your 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 child is going to be in the back alley shooting up heroin. Would you like to come and pull up a seat and watch? If it was my child that was saying, I'm going to go and get married to a, a member of the same sex, thereby entering into a union that dishonors God mm-hmm. and have me come to that wedding, I would I don't think I could do it. Because I, I, I want my kids to walk in right relationship with God. And I know that this relationship violates what God says is true in his word and ultimately brings with it suffering. The end result is suffering. Well, and when, you, when we go to a wedding, we are purposely there to witness and support. Right. That's the purpose. That, that, that couple. So it's not like we're just going and, you know, on the sidelines, we're purposely there to support. So, um. It's it's a hard thing. I mean, it, it's it's no light situation. No, and, and I, I think feel there's for them in that, but it's it doesn't it doesn't change the truth of the matter. Yeah, and I think this is where you know we, we're living, as we've said this weekend at the retreat, we're living right now in a generation of biblically illiterate Christians. Mm-hmm. So men and women who go to church, we know all the songs, we appreciate the the modern worship songs and the light shows and the fog machines and the whole thing, but we don't know God's word and we can't defend it. And when someone says to me, I'm going to defend my son entering into a homosexual marriage, my heart breaks because this, these, uh, this mom, Sherry, you don't know what God says about this in his word. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't love your son. And in fact, the opposite is true. Yeah. But God says in his word, this is not what I've designed for you. And we know that in the end, the wages of sin is death and it brings suffering along with it. So Sherry, while I, I hear your heart as a mom and I appreciate that you want your son to be happy, I don't think that there's, you know, I, I heard a, a statement one time that a mom is only as happy as her saddest child, right? Moms want our kids to be happy, like yeah. inside of us. It's that's what we want, right? We want our kids to be happy and healthy and whole. But when your child is walking in a way that is dishonoring to God, his happiness cannot be the measure of how whole he will end up being. And so uh, my heart goes out to you, Sherry. Uh, but I have to say, you know, people that are that are telling you that you feel injured by saying that if you support your son, you're supporting sin. I actually agree with these people that say you are supporting what God says is sin. Well, and one of the things you and I talk about this a lot, you know, you say speak the truth in love. Well. If we choose to participate in a lie supporting a gay union, if we choose to participate that in that and celebrate it, you know, you and I say that's akin to loving someone straight to hell. You know, choosing to not speak the truth doesn't equal loving them. It's not. Loving them is having the hard conversations that point them to Christ and away from sin. And that's hard. It is hard. And uh, we need to be willing to have the hard conversations. And we ask the Lord to give us the words so that our, our words don't come across as, as condemning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are called, we talked about this uh, this weekend at the retreat, we're called to righteous and wise and godly judgment. Jesus said, you'll know a tree by its fruit. And so we look to see what the fruit of a person's life is. What is the fruit of my life first? That's where I start, right? Looking at the fruit in my own life, looking at the fruit in the lives of my children, we are called to righteous and wise judgment. And the Bible is very clear 
on the issue of homosexuality. The Bible is very clear on the issue of abortion, very clear on the issue of murder, very clear on the issue of adultery. Uh, This is not a gray area in scripture and happiness cannot be the measure by which we determine what God says is or is not sin. So Mm -hmm. Sherry, uh, I'm going to be praying for you and uh, understand this is difficult. I'm not going to sit here and try to say, wow, you know, uh, uh, this is, this is something that would be easy for you to do, but I believe God would have you speak truth to your son. Yeah. And then uh, you continue to love him, right? We love, we, you know, we're continuing to love, but we've got to speak the truth. And uh, unless and until we do that, I think the church is going to continue to become more and more irrelevant in the culture uh, when we're no longer speaking truth. So one of the things uh, my, I have a teenager that we've talked around this issue a lot with some friends that she has worked with. And one of the things that we've talked about a lot is if, if we choose not to speak to tr- the truth to them, you know, it's not that God gives us this book for all these rules to follow and not have any fun. Well, he gave us the directions because he knows what's best for us. And if we celebrate what's not best for our friends who are choosing to walk in sin, we're missing the opportunity to tell them about God's better opportunity. We don't want to celebrate second best. We want to lead them or point out the better opportunity. And if he's choosing this permanent union, he's permanently choosing something that is not God's best for him. Well, and and to say nothing of the fact that in the eyes of God, this isn't marriage. Mm-hmm. So the Supreme Court can say whatever it wants to say, right? The United States government can say whatever it wants to say. The, the, the Supreme Court could legalize or ban abortion. It will still be wrong no matter what the Supreme Court right. says. Mm-hmm. And God said, for this reason, a man should leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife and the two should become one flesh. God designed and created marriage. So marriage, the institution of marriage belongs to God. Mm-hmm. And he said, this is what it is. And so the the very fact that we're saying that uh, anyone can get married, I mean, honestly, what's coming next in the courts is going to be polygamist marriages, right? We're, we're seeing this every single day in the news. And once we, once we move that standard and we've decided now we no longer adhere to God's standards, now we're going to adhere to the government standard and the government is not godly, right? The government is a secular institution. Boy, uh, we're going to have a hard time. The church needs to know what God says about this. We are out of time for today. Melissa, it's been so fun. Thanks for having me. Having you on the right show. In the living room. I know, right in the living room. You guys, thank you guys so much for coming. Have you enjoyed being here in Utah this weekend? It's been good to have you. Right on. We're going to do it again. You guys have been an awesome live studio audience. We don't often get to do this. So thank you very much for doing this. And Melissa, let's do it again real soon. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will see you back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.